Welcome back. Let's see what Dom just handed me. What's that? Oh, yeah, that's what I need. Right? Okay. Uh, Randy. Oh, Randy, you stayed in there. You hung in there, Randy. Uh, oh, man, you gave me, I heard all that bad news, man, about the, uh, the stock market, man. I'm losing money on my 401k. What the oh, hell, no. Donald Trump, the businessman, is messing up the stock market. Did you vote I for know, Donald man. Trump, Randy? Uh, no, man. Come on, man. I love my people, man. Come on. I can tell you all the time. I lean to the right, but I'm not stupid. No, I did call. Hey, you know what, though? You know, I'm glad you said Did you vote for Hillary Clinton? Thing. I was forced to. I was forced to. No, you weren't. You're not the kind of guy that is forced to do anything, Randy. I had to, man. No, okay. but no. I, no she, she, didn't, she didn't inspire me like, like Eber didn't inspire me, but I had, I had, I had to make a choice. I'm, I want my vote to count. So I had to go try to get Walker out of here. I couldn't stand Walker. You know, he was good, good for me personally, but as a whole, my family, and I couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? So, you, you know, one thing we were talking about, the black and white thing, man, you always keep saying that, uh, of course, I don't live in Milwaukee. I was raised in Milwaukee. I love Milwaukee. I always will. I always have. You know what I'm saying? Nah. I live in County. Hey, listen, I'm not a Charlie Sykes where I talk, I put Milwaukee down. I actually try to lift Milwaukee up and say, hey, there's only certain parts of Milwaukee I, I, I won't go into. I'd be lying to you. But but, but 95 percent of the people in Milwaukee who live there are good people. I find them great people. I socialize, I socialize with them. Oh, that's that's nice of you and lucky for them yeah. that you socialize I, with I, them. No, wait, there you go again. There well, you no, go I'm again. just saying that's they're fortunate to have you socialize with them. Especially yeah, if they like live in city. parts of Milwaukee that you won't go in, what parts of the city? I'm curious that you. What parts will you not go in? What parts will you avoid? You know, I, I, I grew up on Fifth and Halley. I'm not. Okay. I'm not a fan of that area. I don't have no property down that way. Nowhere I buy it down that way. So it was, I want to know, or maybe I don't know a little more. Uh, I don't care about Marquette. About like thirty, like say thirty from St. Paul. Mm-hmm. I won't do that area too much at all. Never have cared too much of. Guys or ladies, uh, still the, the you know this the whole scene, man. Just don't, I don't care for over there. It's okay. just me, just me. Okay. You know, but getting back to you, man. You know, I, I find you a very good host. Listen, hey, hey, you know, you on my list. You're number three I, in the country. I listen to. I listen to um, uh, Karen Hunter. You know what I'm saying? I, I listen to Joe Madison. Then I listen to you. I oh. find you very entertaining. And Thanks. You know, you know. Hey, I'm just saying though, man. Hey, hey you up there, man? You know what I'm saying? I, I, you don't I, listen I to Rush Limbaugh at all? You don't every now and again you do a little bit of Rush. Maybe a little taste of you know, little Sean Hannity, a little sprinkle of Hannity, maybe, a little hey, taste. Hey, hey, you know, in my in my in my um in my business form what I do for a living, I'm forced to walk in on that stuff and I can't tell a customer, Oh my God, you know what I'm saying? But this, this is how I make my living, so I gotta go there and listen to like two minutes of it. You know, you know it don't it don't it don't hurt me either way. I don't care for him. At all because I find him a hypocrite. Okay. You know what I'm saying? A guy who was a who's a, a pill addict. You know they they have more respect for him. But then we have a, a black president who's a, one of the smartest guys in the country from Harvard. Talking about Rush Limbaugh, the pill addict. He okay. They have more yeah, respect for him than Obama. Okay, right. Obama, you know what I'm saying? And, so, and, and hey, and some people think that uh, Donald Trump is smarter than uh, Obama. I, 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 Are you one of those people? Words. Of course not, man. Come on. I'm now. just asking like the that. question. That's what I do. I, I ask questions like, for a living. I I lean to the right for a reason. I believe. Listen, 
I believe if you do the crime, you got to do the time. That's not I leaning to the right. Give me reasons why you lean to the right. Because I'm curious. I'm not, you're not a bad person for doing it. I'm just curious as to what your reasons are. So, I just, you know, even some of my friends think oh, I lean to the right too much. Yeah, you do both the skywalk. I said, no, I just think that, and I ain't, I ain't stereotyping all black people. But I think as a majority of black people, we, we need to bond together. We, we're so highly influenced by those on the outside. We, said, we need to go ahead and get ourselves together, man, and think, and think positive. Think as a monopoly. Because that's what they do to, do to us. We don't think that way. That's why we're so, so separated. So we're all supposed to think the same, including someone like, so we're all supposed to work together and bond together, even though you don't like Milwaukee or there's parts of, of Milwaukee that you don't like and you won't go in, but we're supposed to work with you, even though you lean conservative, we're still supposed to all think the same, right? Then we all, then we all supposed to get along and t- hey, one ideal against my ideal, and you, you know, maybe the great ideal we put our heads Randy, together. do you realistically you know think the skin color should force people to have to get along because of skin color? I think, hey, I think that being, being, I think, I don't like sports. I think black guys are being enslaved in sports. That's why I don't watch sports because we're we're being enslaved. Worse than you know, black guys are being sports. enslaved by yeah, because, sports. Yeah, because we're, we're, to me, I think that I consider owners of all sports teams masters. And to me, if okay. you had no blacks, in, you had no blacks in sports, would you watch it? Be honest. I think do you would you find it entertaining? I don't watch football because of black people. I watch football because I played the game and it taught me a sense of teamwork and honor and respect. I know, but still, as a whole, the NFL, those who watch it right now, they knew that and they're ready because they, they banned the little celebration thing. Another reason why I'm going to give you my reason because my reason may be different than others. The only industry that we have that has unionized black millionaires that make a bunch of money for their talents and their skill and can give money back to their neighborhoods and their communities is football. LeBron James starts schools with the money that he made being a professional basketball player. So if there's an opportunity for an African-American man in this country to become wealthy and then give some of that money back to where they came from, then of course I'm going to be in support of that institution because there's not many like it. But you don't, you wouldn't watch sports because black folks. If there was no black people in it, I, like, so. I like LeBron James because he, those who are in sports who are making the money should see what he's doing. He's in, he's investing in his closest friends, and he's he's, he's building knowledge and wealth. Because he understands without you guys, I, I ain't gonna grow. I, I, instead of me being by myself and getting rich, I want to enrich you too in knowledge and wealth. There's a lot yeah, of athletes that do that, Randy. They just don't send a press release directly to you to let them know all the things they're doing in neighborhoods and communities. Well, I, I, I don't see it, though. You, know you don't have I, to I, see I, it! I gotta see it. I, it okay, it, listen, well, listen. I'll let them know that they need to tell Randy in Ozaukee hey, listen, County. Listen, can I say one thing? No, can't. Can, can, can I say one thing? Go ahead. I always say this about you. I tell my friends, my guy KC, I said, uh, man, Sherman Hughes, man, he's on this station right now. Right now, I'm coming to Madison 1580. I love it. Hey, hey, great signal right now coming come east. But I say, listen, listen, listen to Sherman Hughes, man, because. Sherwin uh, guy, Hughes. I, hey, man, Sherman listen, listen, Sherwin. There you I, go. I think it's. I think I think a Sherman of uh, you know Sherman Hensley. Yeah, well, yeah, that that's not me. You know? He's dead. So why don't you do the tell your friend Casey I say hello, and also tell okay. JoJo and Devontae I say hello as well. But I got I got to go, Randy. I got to take another call. I got thank you for your call. Thank you very much. Whew, I feel like I just ran a marathon talking to him. Let's talk to Larry online too. Our phone number here is four one four three six nine six zero zero five or.
844-967-2789. Larry from Milwaukee, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Sherwin. Hi. You know what I'm saying? Um, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Randy, come on, man. If you, if, if you can't hang out in Milwaukee, man, and go to all parts of Milwaukee, man, you just might as well go and stay in o- Ozaki County, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not coming to Ozaki County. Nope. I don't know nobody in Ozaki County. But doesn't that so. say more about Randy if he's afraid to go to parts of his own neighborhood and community and feel safer amongst right. people that aren't like him? That's odd to me. The, the, the north side is the north side. You know what's on the north side. Come on, man. I know what's on the south side. I know I know who hang out on the east side. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I know what's going on on the west side. He might have people uh, looking for him on Fifth and Hadley. That's why he can't kick it over there. They might want, and, might want a piece of him. What, that's probably what it is, man. Somebody looking for him, and, and you know what I'm saying? You don't want to show his face. You know? Come on, man. Sherwin, man, you, man, he should have been got the Felicia, man. For real, man. He's uh, talking. Sometimes on, I, like to, I like to give people more rope. I know you was hanging him. I know I, I, I'm listening to him like, man, this captain hung, hung himself like five times already. What the? Come on, Randy, man. You can't call the show, man, and and and, and be talking like that, man. Randy's been no calling way, for years, though. That's that's his thing. I, he I, I, loves. I, I, he says he votes for Democrats, but he also says he leans to the right. But every person he talks about voting for is a Democrat. He ain't voted for Tony Evers. He voted for Scott Walker. He voted for Trump. I already know. Come on, man. I'm like I'm like that football show, man. Come on, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. We have some interesting people amongst our ranks, but then he'll have the nerve to say, oh, all black people need to work together. People like him make it difficult, though. You know, it's hard to work with a, with a Randy type because they've got really hey, interesting perspectives gonna, on black people. Hey, sir, I mm. wasn't going to call on that topic, man, but when I start hearing his mouth, man, he's talking about he don't hang out on this part of town, man. Come on, man. Been living in Ozaki a little bit too long. But anyway, if that's not what you call to talk about, let's talk about what you call to talk about. What? Well, well, but you talking? You you hitting on all points when I when, when I'm when I'm trying to hear, man. You know, I mean that's what Randy should have been doing from the beginning. You gotta listen sometimes, man. You know, just listen. That's what my eighth grade teacher told me. Hey, Larry, can you just listen? I'm like, okay, fine, I listen. You gotta listen sometimes, man. Come on, Randy. Man, Randy, sorry, bro. You All you gonna do is make him call man. back. And I hope you get the Felicia when he call back. All right, well, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate your call. Yep. Yep. After winning the competitive 2018 Georgia governor's race against Stacey Abrams. University of Georgia graduate Brian Kemp will hold his swearing-in ceremony on Georgia Tech's campus on January 14th. And that's today, right? Yeah, today. Following the election with one of the highest voter turnouts in Georgia, Kemp declared victory on November 7th. Abrams did not acknowledge his victory until November 16th after all provisional and absentee ballots were counted. On December 11th, Kemp gave a speech on the final day of the Biennial Institute for Georgia Legislators on UGA's campus, where he had a bipartisan focus uniting the House and Senate members, quote, I know that we're not all on the same team in the primary, 
the runoff for even the general election, Kemp said during his speech, but the campaign is over and it's time to put politics behind us. So this guy, Secretary of State of Georgia that oversees the elections that was involved in unprecedented voter suppressive factors and activities, canceled a debate with Stacey Abrams that they had scheduled two months prior to because Donald Trump was coming to town. So canceled a debate with his opponent, his Democratic opponent, Stacey Abrams, to go to a Trump visit. And that's who the people of Georgia elected, but not really. The Forum on Real Resistance Radio, your host, Sherwin Hughes, every day, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 12 noon. There's so many ways to listen. RealResistanceRadio.com, TheForum1510.com, download the free tune-in app, search WRRD, 1580 a.m. in Madison, 1510 a.m. in Milwaukee and Waukesha. Keep it locked. I'll be back shortly. Former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. How do I? It's what's well, Julian, Julian, Julian Castro. I'm gonna say Julian. I think it's pronounced Julian. But I'm gonna say Julian. Officially kicked off his 2020 campaign with a speech in San Antonio, Texas, on Saturday, where he served as mayor from 2009 until 2014, when he joined the Obama administration. He was Secretary of HUD. Castro had announced that he had formed an exploratory committee back in December. During his speech, Castro made multiple references to his immigrant roots, his mother's political activism, and his twin brother's career as a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. That's right, he's a twin. He could be in one part of the country and his twin could be in another pretending to be him. I hope they don't do that. Castro's grandmother had immigrated to the United States in 1920 after she was orphaned during the Mexican Revolution, if elected. He would become the first Hispanic president of the United States. Quote, when my grandmother got here almost 100 years ago, I'm sure that she never could have imagined that just two generations later, her grandsons would be serving as a member of the United States Congress and the other would be standing with you here today to say these words. I'm a candidate for the president of the United States of America. Castro said during the speech, which had echoes to his 2014 keynote address to the Democratic National Convention. Castro was frequently cited as a potential vice presidential pick for Hillary Clinton during the 2016 campaign. Representative Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard, G-A-B-B-A-R-D, Gabbard, a Democrat from Hawaii, said in an interview with CNN's Van Jones set to air Saturday evening, so past Saturday evening, that she will make a formal announcement of her intention to run for president within the next week. In the interview, she told Jones that health care access, criminal justice reform, and climate change were among the reasons she has decided to go to throw her hat in the ring. It is a, it's a tough road for a member of Congress to be elected president. There's only been one. Earlier, I think I said his name was Chester Garfield. No, no, it's James A. Garfield. 
He was elected in the 1880 presidential election as the 20th president of the United States. He was in the House. He had served in the House for all. He'd been there for a while, since probably the 1860s. Then he's elected president. He also won a U.S. Senate seat at the same time he was elected president. Don't ask me how things were back then. That, that was, things were different. You didn't have as many stars on the flag. It was just a different time. But he only served for 200 days because he was assassinated. When you ask most people who the U.S. presidents were that were assassinated, they're going to say Abraham Lincoln and they're going to say JFK. James A. Garfield was also assassinated in 1881 after serving only 200 days in the presidency. Another bit of history slash trivia. Anyone who listens to this program, if you ever become a contestant on Jeopardy, you're going to win. You're going to win Jeopardy. So listen to this program, apply to be on Jeopardy, and then you'll, you'll win. I got another one for you. A lot of folks may not know this. October 14th, 1912. So 108, seven years ago. Before a campaign speech in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Theodore Roosevelt, the presidential candidate for the Progressive Party, is shot at close range by saloon keeper John Schrank while greeting the public in front of the Gilpatrick Hotel. Schrank's 32 caliber bullet aimed directly at Roosevelt's heart failed to mortally wound the former president because the bullet's force was slowed down by a glasses case and a bundle of manuscript in his breast pocket. Why do you see? He gives a reason why he has tried to assassinate him. A bundle of manuscripts in, in, breast, in the breast pocket of Roosevelt's heavy coat, a manuscript containing Roosevelt's evening speech. Shrank was immediately detained and reportedly offered his motive that <laughs> it's not funny. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. Was it too soon to laugh at a president that was attempted to be assassinated that didn't die? It was 100 years ago. We can laugh now. He, Shrank, the would-be assassin, offered his motive as this. Any man looking for a third term ought to be shot. Well, that's terribly not nice. Roosevelt, who suffered only a flesh wound from the attack, went on to deliver his scheduled speech in Milwaukee with the bullets still in his body. After a few words, the former, quote, rough rider pulled the torn and blood-stained speech from his breast pocket and declared, quote, You see, it takes more than one bullet to kill a bull moose. He spoke for nearly an hour, then he was rushed to the hospital. Despite his vigorous campaign, Roosevelt, who served as the 26th U.S. president from 1901 to 1909, was defeated by Democrat Woodrow Wilson in November. Schrank was deemed insane and committed to a mental hospital in Milwaukee where he died in 1943. So many interesting things. All right, what's we got here? Tulsa Gabbard. Uh, there's a lot of challenges facing the American people that I'm concerned about. And I want to help solve, Gabbard said. An Iraq War veteran, Gabbard made history when she was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2012 by becoming the first Samoan American and first Hindu member of Congress. She previously served as the vice chair of the Democratic National Committee, 
but resigned to support Democratic Senator Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential campaign, Gabbard sparked controversy for meeting with Syrian leader Bashar al-Assad. Her 2020 candidacy has attracted criticism from some on the left for her past opposition to same-sex marriage when she was a Hawaii state legislator. Gabbard and Castro will likely face steep competition from a Democratic presidential nomination. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren announced the creation of an exploratory committee right before the new year and has already begun stumping across Iowa. Other individuals reportedly considering runs include Sanders and Vice President Uncle Joe Biden. Right. Crowded fields. I I hate that we're going to have to do all this coverage of Iowa because I don't think Iowa should be the first in the nation primary, the first caucus where people are trying to convince Iowa voters that they're worthy of becoming president of the United States. Iowa may be near, well, not even near the geographic center of the country. I could see if it was geographic center, which I think is Oklahoma City. But why is Iowa so special? Move that early nominating caucus process to Wisconsin because we're better here and we're smarter. The forum on Real Resistance Radio, where the listeners of this program go on to win Jeopardy. Keep it locked. I'll be right back. secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society and we are as a people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies to secret oaths and to secret proceedings we decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it even today There is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence 
on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people, for I have complete confidence and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors, for as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be. It's supposed to say free or something that got cut off. Anyways, we've come a long way, right? It's 57 years ago, JFK. I wonder if he would even recognize the world that we live in right now, where secrecy is a tactic used by this president. Does it matter to anyone that the president had his interpreter keep 
sealed the details of his conversation with Vladimir Putin? If there was any other president that made such a request, if there was any other president that met with a hostile leader that opposes this nation of Vladimir Putin, has always opposed the West and the United States in particular, if we found out other presidents were having secret meetings with such a leader, such a dictator, such a thug and a tyrant, and didn't even instruct or inform members of his own administration about that meeting, shouldn't that arise curiosity in the American people? But I think because of where we have arrived and how we got there, and the changing demographics of this nation, I think people don't care as long as their candidate wins, as long as their party wins, as long as whatever they're feeling emotionally about this country turns into policy, they don't care. Our democracy and our republic are under threat. Let's go to line one to talk to. Hello, Cherise. Hi, Sherwin. I had one comment and then one question. Okay. The comment I was going to say is that every day it seems like they have so much um, stuff on Trump. It's just like, how do we put it out? If we put it out, will he still be able to get away with it or will it be enough to just retire him from this? president position and it's like you wonder when all of it's going to come out because it just keeps getting more it's like every day it's something but i don't know the way that people are like you know the way the party is they rather have somebody that's doing everything wrong and he's a republican than to let him go and 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 i guess shame the party but the party's already been shamed right and the uh, people in the Republican Party have already been bamboozled by Trump. <laughs> you know, you people are like, oh, I got to cut my ties with him. I got to resign from this position. I don't want to tarnish my whole whatever work life I have left. So, it's, I mean, people are cutting their losses and they're separating themselves. And every day is something, whether it's with some ties with foreign people that are just like shady or money or just lies just everything it just goes on like if there was a serious for him it would probably be like every day for like two years just to see all the the whole thing with him but i was gonna ask you Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've seen it but it i guess it went viral the dad had a daughter who um i guess she was bullying somebody at school and so her dad made her walk from the school to home and it was like five miles yes yeah, which is almost a 10k <laughs> and i can't even i can barely do the 5k so i can't imagine being that little girl and i was thinking like your mom and dad because i know you don't have kids your mom and dad wouldn't have done that right make they me walk five miles to school because i bullied somebody no right but so, I, look i don't get into really? how people discipline their parents and if he maybe the father was bullied because I saw some of the debate about the like, oh, my God, that was too mean. That was too aggressive. But people also would have been very upset had he disciplined his child with corporal punishment. So you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. I bet she won't bully nobody no more. I bet she'll never forget those five miles. And I bet she's in really I, good shape now, too. Now she's going to go I, out for I the track team. She won't. But Jillian Michaels brought up a good point. Sometimes when kids act out, it might be from something that's going on at home. Or they could possibly have been bullied themselves, maybe not by 
necessarily at home, but somebody else at school, and that's their coping mechanism. But I understand, like you said, you're not getting into how parents, um, you know, do with their kids, but I'm glad that my parents, like your parents, they they wouldn't have done that. I would have got in trouble. But, but also bullying was different back in our day. It was a rite of passage. It's not like it is now because now you can bully somebody in person at school, then bully them online, on Twitter, on Facebook. It runs the gamut. So now it's different than it was back then. But, yeah, I, whatever. That's how that father decided to discipline his child. This is the thing. That gives that child a lot of time to think because when you walk in five miles, you got nothing but time to think. But you're, are you saying that, well, if, if there's zero tolerance for bullying and, it, and it's, it's just not acceptable, whether bullying is what they do today or back then is still wrong. I mean, Agreed. I think I got bullied by a girl, and however these kids feel today, I felt the same way. And I wish that it was an environment where I can, the principal would have been like, no, you're not going to do that on these grounds. I, I think it was bad back then. It was bad, but it's it's also different now because now it can be 365, 24-7. Where then it well, was I just when you were at school. If our parents and the schools would have nipped it in the bud back then, then we wouldn't have grow, grew up in, well, it's not necessarily our kids. It's just our kids' generation, I guess. But also people in I our generation know. weren't committing suicide like the kids nowadays are because of bullying, so it's 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 different. Yeah. But either way, yeah. I don't disagree I that with point. that parent's decision to discipline their child in that way because it didn't kill her. She probably has outrageous calf muscles hey, because of it. A 10K. That ain't the point. I'm 43 years old. Sharif, I got I, Sharif, I got to go. All right, bye. I gotta, can I do a 10K? I don't have to do a 10K. I don't even want to drive a 10K. The forum on Real Resistance Radio where no one does a 10K unless they really, really want to. Keep it locked. I'll be right back. How do you think the government shutdown will end? You know what I should do? I'm not a gambling man. I'm not. Because when I gamble, I lose every single time. If I ever say I'm going to bet, get involved in that bet because you're going to win. I think we should do an over under of the government shutdown. The individual who gets closest to the number of days that this government shutdown lasts. $50 packing house gift card on me. And I think I still owe somebody one because I, you guys are going to think I'm nuts. Well, you already do. We had a contest some time ago and somebody guessed who the artist was that was sampling the music we were playing. And they, that person's name was Kelly and Kelly won a $50 packing house gift card because they correctly guessed the artist that had sampled the artist that we were playing. I sent the damn gift card to the wrong Kelly. The wrong a Kelly that didn't even listen that day is who I sent the gift card to. So the real Kelly is still waiting on her gift card. Real Kelly, I promise you, you're going to get it. I don't entirely know when, but dang it. So why don't we do this? I'm only going to take responses via Twitter. 
to our 24 days right now, do you believe that the government shutdown will last more than 40 days where government workers will be wandering the desert or less than 40 days? The over under for the government shutdown will it last more than 40 days or less than 40 days? The person who, so you got two things here. You got to guess, the, will it be over or under 40 days? That's your first. Then you got to tell me the number of days you believe the government shutdown will last. The person who gets closest, well, preferably the person that gets it perfectly right, wins a $50 packing house gift card, go to the forum 1510 on Twitter and submit your answers. More than 40 days or less, how many days will the government shutdown last? I have an idea of, like, I have a date in my head, but I'm not going to tell you because the date that I think the government shutdown will end, the number of days I believe it will go on, is totally going to be the right answer. But I'm not going to give you the right answer because then you'll just use my answer and then you'll win a packing house gift card and I'll have to pay for it. More or less than 40 days, how many days will the government shutdown last? Let's go to an article from the USA Today which analyzes the ways in which the shutdown can end. Facing polls that show him getting most of the blame, the president agrees to the Democrats' proposal to fund most of the government agencies and pass a short-term bill for the Department of Homeland Security to continue the battle over building a wall along the southern border. His signature campaign promise and current non-negotiable demand. Why it won't happen. The last time Trump agreed to this very deal back in December, he was savaged by conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter. Since then, the president has promised his base that he will not give an inch. The math I did last week is a border wall is something like $28.5, $28.6 million a mile. $28 million a mile? I'll tell you what, and I probably shouldn't do this because it goes against fundamental principles and it's immoral and unethical. If the wall gets built, which it won't, that's why I can say this, it won't get built. Sherwin Hughes and like seven or eight guys I grew up with can build that wall for way cheaper than $28 million a mile. In fact, every penny under $28 million per mile that me and a couple of my friends will use to will build the wall for less than that, we get to keep it and we'll give it to charity. That's a fair deal, because if it's going to get built, which it won't, hire me and a couple guys I grew up with. We're going to use, uh, we'll use some sticks, dirt. Got to have duct tape. You're trying to tell me there won't be any duct tape on the wall? Of course there is. Duct tape is perfect for everything. So we'll use dirt, sticks, duct tape, a little concrete, not, not a lot, because I don't know, it's messy. And what else could we use? I guess we'll use a little steel, a little bit. $28 million a mile. Number two reason why the government shutdown may or may not end. With the shutdown hurting Americans and blocking the agenda Democrats had hoped to pursue in the House of Representatives, Speaker Nancy Pelosi agrees to a deal that includes some funding for the wall, perhaps splitting the difference between the $1, the number she jokingly agreed to, and $5.7 billion, which is Trump's demand. Why the USA Today believes that won't happen just as the Republicans' base views building the wall as a matter of principle, the Democratic base views not building the wall as a matter of principle. 
What's more, this standoff is the first test of Pelosi's leadership since Democrats regained control of the House. She wants to show her troops that she can be as tough as Trump. She's a tough cookie. I'll agree to that. Number three, Senate Republicans might bolt. The House already has passed the funding bill that the GOP-controlled Senate approved last month. Republican senators, especially those who are up for re-election next year, have grown increasingly anxious about the potential political cost for them back home from the extended shutdown. They could approve the measure and send it to the White House. Why they don't think the USA thinks this won't happen. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who happens to be one of those GOP incumbents up in 2020, has made it clear that he's not challenging the president. He says he won't allow a bill to be brought up on the Senate floor that Trump won't sign. Do you think that they'll reelect somebody, they'll elect somebody different in Kentucky? Mitch McConnell will have a Democratic opponent and they'll throw him out. We'll see. It's also unlikely that Congress could override a Trump veto. Ironically, the Republican-controlled Senate conceivably could muster two-thirds support needed, but in the Democratic-controlled House, where most Republicans represent districts dominated by Republican voters, those representatives aren't likely to allow, aren't likely to allow to join with Democrats to support an override. So two-thirds of the vote in both respective chambers overrides a Trump veto. Number four reason. The White House and congressional Democrats agree on the sorts of ambitious compromise on immigration that has eluded Washington for years. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican who was close to Trump, has suggested a trade-off that would improve money, approve money, for Trump's border wall and codify protection for the so-called dreamers, young, undocumented people brought to this country when they were children, who now face an uncertain future. This deal might also include thousands of other immigrants who came to the United States with temporary visas because of crises in their home states. If there was a child, like an infant child, or I don't know, one, two, three, five, six years old, that was brought to this country with a parent or with a guardian of some sort many years ago, and they don't know anything about the culture of where they're from, they don't know anything about Guatemala or Honduras or Panama or even Mexico, because they've spent their life here in America. They've gone to school here. Maybe they've gone on to college here. This is the culture that they know. They may not even know Spanish. There are dreamers that don't even know Spanish. And when I put myself in, in the frame of mind of someone who could be facing deportation to a country that they know very little, if anything, about, they may know as much about Honduras and Guatemala and Mexico as I do, and I don't know that much about those places. Sending someone back, and they may have children of their own that are citizens, that family members that are here, their job is here, their business is here. And because they are not protected from deportation, sending someone back to a place in which they have no roots and no cultural connection is frightening. It's like sending me to Sierra Leone. Like, oh, okay, sure, when you're going to be deported to Sierra Leone, Go get pack a bag you got and I get them like I don't where's the McDonald's at you know what I'm saying like where do I where do I buy vape materials I wouldn't know anything about that place it's terribly frightening why this won't happen Trump has given no sign that he is interested in doing this and neither have congressional Democrats what's more neither side and especially congressional Democrats trust the other 
to live up to any deal that they make. It's similar to the one that was being negotiated a year ago, only to have Donald Trump publicly disavow it. How many days will the shutdown last? Over 40 days, under 40 days? Submit your guess via Twitter, the forum 1510 on Twitter, and we'll pick a winner when the shutdown ends. If it ever ends, it may never end. Thank you guys for listening to the forum on Real Resistance Radio. Have a great day. I'll see you next time.